Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast Season 3, episode number 5 on this Football Friday, on this Feel Good Friday. We got a ton of stuff to cover, including an exclusive interview with Buster Shear, the founder of Hoops Nation. We also got some NBA talk. James Harden gets shipped to the Brooklyn Nets while our divisional round talk in the NFL. So much to get into. So without further ado, let's dive on in. Already, folks, we're more than pleased to have the founder of Hoops Nation, a part owner of Void Media. He also has an NBA show as well as the host of The Buster Show. His podcast on YouTube, we'll link it down below in the description. But please welcome Buster Sheer. Buster, how you doing, man? Doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, well, I kind of want to start off with this question just because I, I kind of feel like it fits us a yeah. lot. And... You know, after you finished high school and you just packed up your stuff, you moved to New York and you just got to skip college. Um, you know, what went into that decision? Because obviously at the time, like that had to be like that had to be stressful on your mind. That's, you know, probably take a, a big toll on you because it's a big risk, big leap. You don't know what to expect. But what went into that decision? How much confidence did you have? Um, you know, were you confident in what um, you know, made you confident about that decision? And ultimately, um, kind of just talk about, uh, you know, that whole thing. Totally. You know, what's funny, I would have been more stressed if I had gone to college like that. It, it's so uh, it so didn't fit me what I do, where my passions were, you know, how I sort of saw the next one to four years playing out. And, you know, as as crazy as that sounds even crazier because out of my 550 some odd person graduating class I was the only person that didn't go to college and not only didn't go but I didn't even apply um you know for me it it was always what I knew I was going to do and what I was going to have to do but the the real trick was convincing everybody else around me that it made a little bit of sense and the moment that it really switched for particularly my parents was I went to go see a college advisor and she told me that I was the first person that she had ever told not to go to college. And her job is to tell people to go to college. Um, so that, that definitely helped turn the, turn the switch for a few people in, in my close life. Um, but everybody else, I didn't really care about, quite frankly. You know, I knew that, I knew what I was going to do. I knew what I was passionate about. I had a sort of a game plan to do it. Um, and the, the rest would take care of itself, but I, I do think it is important to have your inner circle, uh, on the same wavelength. Yeah. I mean, so you're the first buster, you were part of like the first wave of guys in the sports world who have built their path to success using platforms like, like Omar from house of highlights and now ESPN, Elliot from dunk, so many talented people like that. Since what you do is so like unique, can you just take us and the audience and like, what's a day of life of Buster like? Like what's going on through your mind, through your businesses and like what's your schedule throughout the day? My mind is, is mostly on sports cards, 98%. But, um, you know, in a, in a day, uh, you know, I try to just keep my personal mind as clear as possible. I don't think about work too much. Uh, I don't think about uh, Hoops Nation too much or my personal brand too much. I really only think about those sorts of things when either I have a decision in front of me um, or somebody asks me something. 
uh, or I'll spontaneously have an idea and then try to execute on it as quickly as possible so that I don't have to think about it anymore. Um, you know, I'm, I'm super fortunate now to have a good team behind each of my projects. We have a four-person team behind the Buster Show, my podcast. We have a six-person team on Hoops Nation, a three-person team on Cards Nation. And so, so a lot of the a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff uh, is now handled by people a lot better at that stuff than I am. Um, whereas I mostly focus on, you know, if I'm doing a podcast, obviously I'm 100% locked in on that, but I don't think about it before or afterwards. Once I'm done, I'm out of it. I'll move on to the next thing. Um, so I'm really focused on, on keeping my, my personal mind as clear as possible. Um, and then obviously I do spend a little bit of time you know, talking and thinking about sports cards as well. Yeah. I mean, I tried, I tried, I've been trying to get into the sports cards, like, like area. I mean, I can't find, I can't find cards anywhere. I've been going to Walmart's targets. I mean, it's just been try. It's been rough. eBay, bro. eBay is the spot. Yeah, it is. I just, I'm just not, I, I don't want to pay too much over, over retail. I understand. The car market's crazy though, right? Like, isn't yeah. it, hasn't it like kind of just exploded over the past couple of years? Yeah, so for context sake, you could have bought a Luka Doncic PSA 10 Prism rookie card for about $75 in, you know, November of 2019. And now you can't really touch one for under 2400 um, You know, a higher end example of that would be a Jordan, a Michael Jordan 1986 Fleer PSA 10 rookie. You could have bought for about thirty-five thousand uh, dollars at the beginning of last year. Now you can't touch one for under a quarter of a million. So you know a lot of a lot of those same things uh, apply over, and then there there are wild spikes and, and things of that nature. But gen generally speaking, everything. Wow, that's unbelievable. So. I read something about how you were a sports cast. You won a sports casting award in your junior year of high school and you wanted to become a play-by-play -play announcer, but ultimately decided it was too much. Then your uh, social media started to take off and on Instagram, you really blew up with uh, Hoops Nation. So could you talk about what went into that and when you realized that the Instagram was really blowing up into something special? And was there ever a decision um, to where you were like turning around, looking back and saying, maybe I shouldn't do this? Right. So I, I think, um, you know, I, I got lucky in the sense of um, I realized very early on that both for the broadcasting side in particular, I'll address that first, to be a play-by-play -play broadcaster, like a real play-by-play -play broadcaster, you got to focus 100% on that. And it's similar to baseball, sort of a, an elongated version of baseball. And what I mean by that is in baseball, it's not like the NBA where you know you you can back in the day you used to go straight out of high school or you play one year overseas you play one year in college then you're in the pros it's like baseball where you got to work your way through the minor league system you got to do your due diligence you got to do years nobody sees the majors you know till they're significantly older but it's like that on steroids whereas broadcasters you don't see broadcast play-by-play -play broadcasters getting big gigs um, until they're in their late 20s 30s maybe even 40s before they get their big gig um, you know, and, and a couple of reasons for that are because it's not like you have a team of broadcasters. The Knicks have one broadcaster. The Lakers have the one broadcaster and they have to die for uh, that position to become available. Like look at Vin Scully, right? He did the Dodgers for his whole life. Therefore, 
There were no Dodgers positions available. So when you're looking at a career like that, there are only 30 TV play-by-play spots, more or less, you know, give or take 10 or 15, um, available for everybody who's trying to do it. And what I realized was, I don't have the time for that. I, I can't, I personally can't justify going down that route. But what I can do is build a brand so that I can sort of expedite that, that process because the way I see things playing out, similar to how, um, you know, Logan Paul and Jake Paul can sell fights like professional fighters can, I think the same thing is gonna be true for every other industry, right? It's gonna be true for people who um, are basketball players I mean, like basketball YouTubers. And I think all of that is gonna carry and trickle down to things like broadcasting. You know, like I did this, I did play by play for this league called the Crew League recently, um, where it was 10 rappers and their entourages. I broadcasted it with 24K Golden and Drewski, uh, who's the funniest man in the world, by the way. But uh, we, we did that um, and, you know, those sorts of things. And I, I have done NBA games on Twitch and stuff like that, but not, not TV play by play. But the way, you know, I sort of see all, all of that playing out as to where I had to take a step back on the traditional route to test my luck at, you know, getting in through another route without having to do, you know, all of the work. And if that doesn't work out, I'm totally cool with that too. That's just how I think it. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it clearly worked out for you. That, that just leads us to like our next question. Where do you see your brand as well as Hoop Nation, like maybe five, 10, 15 years from now, like where, where do you, where do you expect to be by then? Shoot. Hoops Nation. That's an interesting question. I think it'll live on whatever platforms are the new ones, right? Like it took us a year to get, uh, it took us like three years to get to a million followers on Instagram. Then it took us three months to get to 3 million on TikTok. So I think the next time that there's another platform, it'll take us a month to get to 10, like, you know, whatever ridiculous, you know, non- uh, interesting metrics are. I think that's that's sort of where where Hoops Nation will live, and the team is, um, you know, in a in a great position. And I, I want to be more into original content and original programming and building out OTT platform like um, subscription platforms and stuff like that. Uh, but in terms of my personal brand, you know, I, I I like I like conversations like this. I like just talking to people. So being able to to talk to anybody in the world. Yeah, uh, well, before we let you go, I, I do want to have one quick question about our Knicks. Obviously, you're a Knicks fan. Um, and I want to talk about the Nets because I, I feel like for me personally, at least, I can't stand it. I can't stand it when the Nets are doing good, when the Nets are the, you know, the big brother, so to speak, um, in New York. So are, do you root against the Nets like, I mean, because I know I do, and it's probably like a, a non-politically correct thing to say, but do you root against the Knicks or the Nets and like hope uh, they don't win a championship this season with obviously the new big three of Harden, KD, Kyrie? Honestly, I could care less about the Nets or about any team, you know, if, if from the sense of like, I, I'm not more upset that the Nets win, you know, or the Lakers win or the Mavericks win or Miami, whoever it is. All I care about is that the Knicks didn't like the Knicks did or didn't win. That's the only, you know, determining factor for me. It's just like, 
I'm happy if they win, which hasn't happened in my life. And I'm sad when they lose. So I'm sad in perpetuity, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I'm extra sad that somebody won, you know, over somebody else. I only care about the Knicks. I'm like a horse with blinders. Wow. I, I wish I could have, kind of have that, um, you know, mindset. But once again, we can't thank you for your time enough, uh, taking the time out of your busy day. So uh, once again, Buster, it was a pleasure. And uh, we hope maybe sometime in the future uh, to do this again. Thanks so much, guys. I love the I love the length of this. This is great. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we're, we're trying to we're trying to make it short. You know, I think that's kind of our, our big pitch, so to speak. Um, you know, keep everyone engaged. The watch time, obviously, on YouTube, we're kind of discovering that now is a big thing. I, I heard you talk about it actually. Uh, I believe yesterday on the podcast on your podcast. Uh, excuse me, uh, about the watch time and how important that is. So yeah, we're trying to keep it short, sweet, and to the point. Smart, smart. Four. Uh, I think four minutes is the number. Um, your video has to be average watch time over four minutes is the key to YouTube. That's why David Dobrik's videos are all four minutes and 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate your time and uh, uh, goodbye, Buster. Awesome. See you guys. Yeah, thank you. Alrighty, folks, moving on to the next topic of the day. We got James Harden. He is now a Brooklyn net and it's hard to wrap our heads around this considering he's such a superstar talent, NBA Always, you know, you can't really, you know, ever, ever anticipate or expect a trade of this kind of caliber to happen. But it did. Four first-round picks, a ton of pick swaps, a bunch of guys being moved around. So I kind of like everyone's initial reaction, initial takeaways from this trade. Obviously, we'll start off, um, I believe, with Dom. Yeah, I mean, mean, at first I was surprised. Like, I wouldn't think that the Rockets – would end up dealing Harden, but like his actions around the team, I mean, they, you had to get rid of him. He was a cancer to the locker room. He, he wasn't, he wasn't, he was still playing. He was playing. Okay. Not his best, but he was still playing. All right. I, I actually thought the, the Pacers won this trade. Like, like like for, to to put it in perspective, I would put it, the Cavs and the Pacers won this trade. Cavs, Cavs won the trade, dude. They got Jared Allen for like what a first round pick, I believe only. Yeah, and, and Torian Prince, Torian Prince is not a bad player, but, but he's dude, not. And speaking on the cancer of like the Harden situation first, right? You heard before, like the day before, that John Wall and Marcus Cousins like openly came out in press conferences and said like this guy like he betrayed us and yeah, all he this did. stuff. He did. I mean, we saw this was a legit dumpster fire. Like it, it, they had to make a move. Yeah. After the loss, after the loss, he was like, yeah, this team's done. You played like what? Like 10, 10 games this year. You can't, you can't, you can't just put that on your team with a bunch of veteran guys. You You know what's funny too about that whole thing is that speaking of like of the NBA and NFL, Deshaun Watson was at the game with Andre Johnson and those tweets, dude. Andre Johnson obviously tweeted like, um, Houston sports tweeted something about like, you know, you should get out of there using, you know, waste players careers, I think was a quote. But I mean, just a ton of like Houston drama. Deshaun yeah, Houston, Watson, James Houston's Harden, a like, wreck in, what is in going on right now? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The Astros cheating. You have you have the Rockets are a mess, oh, and the, the, oh, the, with the, the Astros are just. I hate the Astros, but yeah, that's not. What's I think this trade was inevitable, even though you guys might not think so. It seemed like since the beginning of the year, the season Harden to Brooklyn was gonna happen obviously there was well, seven, I, I thought philadelphia was in the play philly philly was definitely getting in the mix and if i'm philly i would have done anything in my power to get rid of ben simmons that's just me i, I think, think 
I think I everyone agree. agrees with that. Yeah. I think the Sixers agree with that. I saw a Sixers fan page on IG. I think Sixers country. I follow him. He's a great guy. Um, and he was calling for Ben Simmons to be traded for James Harden. I, um, I would have done anything. You, you're not winning yeah. building around Simmons and Embiid. It's never going to happen. They just don't complement each other. Well, maybe Harden's not the answer, but getting rid of Simmons in itself would have been a win for me. But the reason I'm so excited about this trade is finally there's a group of players that I think can compete with the Lakers. Obviously, the Clippers were not what we expected them to be. And we don't really know what we're going to get with the net, this next team, but there's still a chance that they can really put it all together and maybe win a title at the very yeah, but then it can also go it can also go the opposite way when they definitely don't go the opposite and they just completely fall apart in a playoff Good. series well Kyrie like- uh let's kind of touch on Kyrie a bit right because yeah. Sean Marks the GM of the Nets obviously he came out and said that the Kyrie's absence wasn't related and wasn't the reason why they ultimately chased James Harden and got him in the building and actually ultimately decided to put all these pieces Karis LeVert Jared Allen all these first-round picks um, and actually make them move. So it feels like in the, in the next two years, right? I think this two-year window when these guys are hey, under contract. Yes. Isn't it two, though? Because I think James Harden, they're all like free agents after like two yeah. years. I think, so, I think Durant. They all have player options. They all have player options. Yeah, two years. that's still yeah. pretty good, though, getting two full years of all these guys. Yeah, I, I, I can't. Well, no, it's this year. And I guess technically it's a full year still, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. – but it's a championship or bust at this point, right? I think. 100%. Because I saw a bunch of memes. I don't know, if, like the Nets slander. But it's not Nets. It was just like a joking meme yeah. about like when the Nets are going to have the next first round pick, like 2029, 20, 2030. Like, it's like the Clippers. In It's like the Clippers where they have to win. Yeah, but I think the um... – Yeah, they, they don't – they don't have – Oh, go ahead. What's that, Dom? Oh yeah, like the Nets. The Nets just completely just got rid of their future with this trade. I mean, it's it's championship or bust. You have two MVPs, uh, an NBA champion in Kyrie, who's when healthy, play when actually plays actually is an MVP caliber player. So I mean, you have all you need. I could, I, I mean, you think Kyrie's I, an MVP? When caliber player? He's an MVP caliber player. I mean, you can't you can't deny. I mean, he's a very he's he's a perennial. Yeah, but I just feel like. It's just his antics takes away from everything. Yeah, that dude, done. I don't know. Because even in Boston, he, in Boston, they feel like he always had drama. And like now, yeah, he was hurt. He's also family. hurt and the drama. I mean, it just, I mean, there's just so much drama surrounding the guy. I don't know. Like, and all these rumors about him retiring early now, you know, maybe him not loving basketball as much anymore. It, it just feels like I, I wouldn't really put him in that category. I, I think I don't know you how know, much substance those rumors have, though. And they said he's going to be back tomorrow. That's so. fair. I mean, so, it, back tomorrow, that's, that's great. For, that's I don't great know if Harden's going to be eligible to play, though, so we might have to wait a few days to see our first – get our first look at the big yeah. three. But. Well, look, I think we wouldn't – see, the one thing I, I don't want NBA fans to do is jump on conclusions about this um, trade after, like, five games. Yeah, if the Nets can. go two and three, three and two, I don't want to hear this doesn't work because when you have three guys of this caliber, when you put them together, it's ultimately going to take time, similar to what happened with the big three in the Miami Heat. So yeah, I think give them all the time in the world – these guys are too talented um, to not make it work, I think. I, I think that's the mindset you should have. And speaking of the Clippers, because I want to – I know Dom, I think, you know, obviously a big Laker fan, so he probably, I'm sure, hates the Clippers, and he does hate the Clippers. But, yeah. like, the Clippers get scrutinized for giving away their whole future. And they lost in the second round last year, so they got – the slander was unreal. The Clippers were like, you know, was it even worth it to extend Paul George? Was it even worth it to, you know – 
go all those first round picks out the way. But now we need to keep the same mentality, the same energy with the Brooklyn Nets. If they don't win, if they don't win, I mean, it's the same thing. They, they put themselves in the same boat. And I like the move. I'm not saying I don't like the move. I like the move to be aggressive and put all your marbles on the table to try and win a championship. Well, I agree with what you said. If they don't win, the issue with the Clippers is like their big thing was beating the Lakers and they didn't even get to play the Lakers because they lost in the second round. Like that was a humiliating. So if you think if they lost to the Lakers, it would be a different story. It would have looked less bad if they, because who knows, maybe they would have beaten the Lakers. We'll never know. But if they at least took the Lakers to six or seven in the conference finals, that's more successful than losing in the second round. It just feels like they're getting, I think. I also think that the Clippers get slander because they have the other pieces around it. You had you had uh, a defensive player in Papa. They had a lot. You had Montrez Harrell. They had all the they had they had Zubac. They had all the bench players. I don't know if the Nets have the Nets are not a deep team anymore. I mean they they, they, they had Chris Chios. Stars are better. Well, they have Joe Harris. They have Joe Harris, Harris right? So I mean, I guess yeah, Joe, Joe Harris, Harris is still. a role player, but he he's gonna he's gonna start. He'll he'll probably start on that team. He'll be. I mean, it's hard. I don't know. DeAndre Jordan, I he I think he's the most overrated player in basketball. I genuinely think that they could that if Andre Drummond gets released from the Cavs to to make to have Jared Allen, the Nets could pick him. They could sign him to like a veteran minimum. I wouldn't mind that. I guess, but they're going to be getting paid with the Cavs. They have the mid-level exception, so they could throw like six million dollars at him. They can. You see, uh, Larry Nance's tweet. About uh, you know, you know Sexton, right? Like the whole joke Sexton about like Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Well, mm-hmm. uh, Larry Nance tweeted the other day, Sexton finally has trees or Sexland, whatever. Like, so yeah. I guess the trees are Jared Allen, Andre Drummond, um, and the Cavs. I mean, are can they but make I mean, any noise? They're five and seven right no, now. No, no, no. I don't. No, they, no. they don't get a lot of attention. They play the Thank Knicks tonight in a big game, but. They, and they is any because come on, I feel like we have to give the Cavs the Cavs credit. They made a nice move. They did, but I, how? I, but but how effective? How you can't have Allen and Drummond on the court together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how, how effective is that going to be? You have to get if you want. Uh, Andre let Drummond, let Drummond go. He he's so bad. To, I wouldn't. I, I mean, I wouldn't call him bad. Bad. He's just not a great fit for the modern NBA. With no, I'm sorry, but his ego is massive on Twitter. You should, dude. He he well, brags about true. he brags about winning rebounding titles in the 2020 era. But who does that anymore? I don't rebounding know. He has nothing irrelevant. Else. Nothing Russell else Westbrook led the league in rebounds as a point guard, but he's not good. He was on the Pistons and Cavs. I mean, he's got nothing else to play for. I mean, he's got nothing I mean, else to even like you know brag all <laughs> about. Him, give him his his uh his time. I don't know. I feel like he'd be a good fit. Um, like the Nets need def- defense and rebounding now. I mean, there's yeah. I mean, they desperately do. Yeah. So I mean, I think. I think oh, and, you know. Done. So one more cool thing before we end this off, obviously, Charles Barkley's comments. He said they're the Dribble Brothers. Uh, Kevin Durant's playing with the Dribble Brothers and Kyrie Irving and James Harden, on compared to the Splash Bros with uh Katie or Curry and Clay. So like. Are you guys even worried at all about like how this is gonna mesh? How these guys are gonna mesh? Because I know there's a lot of criticism right Kevin now. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's the only one that we've really ever seen play off ball effectively. James Harden, like the least off ball player we've ever seen. Kyrie a little bit with LeBron, but not enough. Obviously, Kyrie also left. Kyrie also left the Cavs because he wanted to be the guy. Yeah, now and now he's like the third option. So they're gonna have to make some adjustments for sure. See, this whole thing's interesting. I'm not ready to jump on either side yet. Just because I'm in the you've middle. seen, yeah, you've seen like some examples work out, like Chris Paul and James Harden, and it worked great. 
But then you saw Russell Westbrook and James Harden, and it, it, it was a This disaster. is also three guys, though. This isn't two. This is this, three. This is weird. I mean, this is something we've never seen before. Yeah, absolutely. I also feel like we should mention how, like, I mean, how me – I know Ben felt the same way. How stupid it was for the Rockets to – Oh, to oh we had to – Oladipo and Kevin Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert's a way better player. He's younger than Oladipo. He's more controlled than Oladipo. Oladipo wants – Oladipo is going to leave Houston next year. He doesn't want to play for them. He wants to be in Miami with his friend, Jimmy Butler. I mean, I, I don't really know what the Rockets are doing here. Like you, when, when Karis LeVert starts for the Brooklyn Nets, he's averaging around 30 points per game. Maybe it's just, that's because his usage is up because he plays, he starts when Duran or Irving are out, but I mean, he's still, he's still a lot better player than Oladipo has been after the injury. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess the Rockets are figuring let's just blow everything up and rebuild and just get rid of everybody and just stockpile picks. They don't want anybody on their team next year, maybe. The Rockets are dumpster fire. I'm sorry, but That's like the only this whole talk about John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins being like a good duo is, is sickening to me. I maybe, had a poll. Maybe five so, no, years ago. You know what I want to see? I want to reference right now. I had a poll on the Instagram, and I'm ashamed at everyone who put John Wall, 52% of the votes, over Darren Fox. I voted Fox. I voted Fox. I voted. How Fox. do you put John Wall over Darren Fox? Dude, it was like 500 votes for John Wall over. Maybe, that is a shame. Maybe they thought it was career. I don't know. That's like, disgusting. You can't. You can't make that. John Wall is the most overrated. Ba- I mean, I, I say a lot of people. He's been hurt. You can't say he's overrated. He's missed like the last like three years. He hasn't been good since 2017. Once we got Russell West or Russell Wilson, rather, we talk about him how he's had like you know his struggles recently. John Wall has not even been in that relevant basketball game in four years since I was in middle school, since I was in eighth grade when, you know, the Celtics were, you know, he beat the Celtics in that game six winner. Um, that shot, obviously, that's kind of well known now, but I don't know, man. We're, we're just, uh, yeah, I think Graf kind of take the show in the next one. All right. So moving on, we're going to be talking about the Jaguars and Jets and some of their offseason moves so far and whether or not we like them. So for those who don't know, the Jaguars just hired Urban Meyer, the college football legendary coach, as their new head coach. And the Jets hired Robert Saleh, the D.C. for the 49ers as their head coach. So now the question, the main question for the Jaguars is Urban Meyer has no NFL experience. So can he make the jump to the NFL? What do you guys think? Ooh. Oh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, really, like, th- th- this is how I look at it. I A good coach can't make up for bad players, but a bad, but good players can make up for a bad coach. If, if you guys know what I mean. So, I mean, I think it, I think it honestly goes both ways. I, I don't think either can really yeah. make up for anything though. Cause we saw like the Browns like, last year with that, that Freddie's kitchens. Yeah. I mean, come on, like he, did nothing. You saw you saw the page the Patriots did a lot better. I, I do agree. The P- Patriots did a lot better with Belichick this year than they obviously would have without him. But like I like it's a good I think it's a I I don't know about the hire because I mean there there's not really many options that the Jaguars probably could have got. It seems like that Urban was their guy, I mm-hmm. guess, because there was the rumors talking about him this whole you time. You know I'm shocked about that though. Like, how, how do the Jaguars land Urban Meyer a face of college football? Like the Jaguars. I, I, He's a big Florida guy. That's why. And I guess the, it's so yeah. close to Gainesville, right? And mm-hmm. University of Florida. So I, I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people have praised Urban Meyer. Uh, I heard guys like AJ Hawk. There was a bunch of. I think um, I someone on ESPN today. I heard uh, Carpenter. I think Carpenter, Bobby Carpenter. I, I I don't know. I could be mixing up the names. But a lot of former Ohio State players do believe that Urban Meyer 
has the capability of coaching at an NFL level of coaching these guys. Cause we obviously know the transition from college football to the NFL is hard. It's difficult. And not a lot of people are for the challenge. And like we saw, I don't know if you guys saw the graphic on like ESPN stats and info, but many of the people who go from college to the NFL have losing records. Only Jim Harbaugh had a winning record after coaching in college football with the San Francisco 49ers. So it's going to be tough. And especially with the Jaguars, a team that they have resources, right? Have a ton of resources, have the cap space, have the draft picks, have you know, the coach up apparently or presumably. Now it's about putting it together and actually putting a winning product on the field, which is, you know, way harder. Um, yeah. Than I mean, their front, their front office hasn't been the best either. They've actually well, been. Yeah, Shad Khan got to get out of there, dude. Shad Khan is a yeah. horrible owner. So, I mean, they have all the, op- they have all like, it could all, it, it can either all come together or all just stay where it is, them losing. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I do have faith in him because he should be the first overall pick, but you never know. Do you think the there's Jags. any chance they don't take him? Any chance no. they, they he, take he, Fields? He, he's, maybe if Fields won the game, if Fields won the national championship, it would be talked about, but Lawrence is the best quarterback. He's, he's, he's pro ready. I agree Man. with that. I don't know. Guys, do you think? Because like I don't, I don't know. I, I'm I not really. Some people on Twitter saying, "Oh, the Ohio State connection. They're going to take field." But that's no. man. You can't you can't let your past your past get in get in the way of. I, I think they had the. I think Shad Khan. So we, actually, I want to talk about this. So Shad Khan had an interview with Urban Meyer on the yacht on his yacht, and I really believe that Shad Khan told Urban Meyer, "If you don't pick Trevor Lawrence, we're not picking you as our head coach." I don't think anybody would – I don't think the Jags owner, Shad Khan, would let uh, the Jaguars, you know, hire Urban Meyer, bring him in if he wasn't agreeing to already, you know, draft Trevor Lawrence. I just don't – there's no way you could pass on Trevor Lawrence. He's yeah, as surefire as a prospect as you can possibly get. At, he's compared to John Elway. He's compared to Andrew Luck. You can't pass on a guy like that. I'm sorry. Can't. Especially with the Jaguars who are an incompetent franchise who have been at the bottom of the barrel for like what, like 40 years? I mean, like 30, they've been just a laugh. Yeah. God, I mean, God, God forbid. All right. They pick, they pick Lawrence. It doesn't work out. You know, you picked your, your guy, but if you go and pick fields, it doesn't work out. Oh, and then Lawrence is plays well. Oh, well, why did you just, you, yeah. Yeah. you can't, you can't make that pick. Yeah. I mean, in the Jaguars have no fans. Like I want to talk about this real quick, just because like, have you ever seen a Jack? I got one like, dude, fan right here. <laughs> you're a Jag. You're not a Jaguars fan. Oh, but your roommate. Okay, okay. So, but seriously, I'm I'm seriously asking this just because the Jaguars get Urban Meyer yesterday, and I don't see anybody talk about it in the Jaguars fan base. Like, where are they? There's no Jaguars fan base. There's nothing. You need to judge. You need to judge fans of an organization on how their team's playing, especially in areas like Florida. Like the 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 Rays made it to the World Series. They barely get any fans. The Marlins they don't have any fans. They in Florida. That's why. Dude, they don't I'm sorry, but Florida doesn't have good fans. And I, I'm going to get They don't. They no, don't. Miami fans are horrible. Miami team. Dolphin fans are not good. They care about Unless the and their Seminoles and their Hurricanes. That's that's all they care about in Florida. Well, I No, the Florida State uh, Seminoles are, are a very well-known team, right? Mm-hmm. They're, and they are fan bases. I mean, it's a college atmosphere, though. So their fans are just electric because of that. But as for the professional sports teams, like Dom said, the Miami or the Tampa Bay Rays, the Marlins. I went the to a Marlins game. I mentioned it last podcast. They have nobody there. The only team that I've seen like generally supported, like a professional team, like generally supported by their fan base, would either be the Heat when when they're playing well, and the Tampa Bay. Oh, like, the Heat have some good fans. The Heat have some good fans. Heat, yeah, and the, the Lightning. Like I've seen that. I've seen many people go to Tampa Bay Lightning games because they've been good. 
Like, I mean, it's but all about been the, a dominant team. Yeah. They've been they a great team. They also lost the eight seed in 2019, but they, they bounced back this yeah. year, obviously winning the Stanley cup, but uh, it always helps you get fans in the stands. Yeah. I'm sure if the Jaguars were good, they would do a little bit better, but people aren't going to pay and travel to see a bad team. I mean, yeah, let's just kind of talk about the Jets real quick because uh, we do want to get to that. Of course, Robert Sala, yeah. obviously the head coach of the Jets, a defensive mastermind is the word people use the energy he brings. So I want to kind of pass it along real quick, just kind of going rapid fire right here. Yeah. But how do we feel with the Jets hire of, of Robert Sala? Do they finally hit it on the head? Do they finally get it right? And um, can he turn the franchise around? I like I like this hire due to his 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 energy. That's like the separation. The last time the defensive, the defensive coach was a top Bulls. Rex Ryan. Well, Rex Ryan was the. He, he reminds was, me of Rex Ryan a lot. A guy who's energetic has like a character that, in him. He's a, he's that a, worked he's out for them. They made two AFC yeah. championships. Now Rex now it was a big success for them. And if they could get the, great a good team, he's, he's got a character. He's energetic, defensive minded. But yeah, he's, I like. I like He's a coach that like you could get behind and rally as a team, like yeah, like yeah. that's that. I mean that's what I like about this. Dude, the, Niners the, t- the Niners are the the fifth ranked total defense despite all those injuries this year too. Like, yeah, they- I think this is a guy who maybe he's not an offensive scheme guru, but he can you know really really help out this defense that that's gonna need it. Well, that's why I like the Michael. They hired Michael Fleur to be their offensive coordinator. He bought him over from the Niners. He was the that's passing game coordinator. He seemed to be a really a uh, hot name. A lot of people liked him. So I think that's actually a big move for the Jets. And uh, Frank's obviously not here today, but he's been saying Yeah, our Jets fan. Of course, our one Jets fan's not here. He's been saying he thinks that um, with the hire of LaFleur, they might want to draft Zach Wilson. So we'll see if, if that's the move for the Jets at two. I'm not too sure about that. but yeah, I mean, Dude, you know what I just realized? Like, we haven't talked about Frank not being here. Yeah, in the oh, yeah, podcast. Yeah, and Frank, if you're watching this, yeah, we're sorry, but we didn't we didn't include you in the intro. <laughs> um, we'll get to your game picks though. We we did have your game picks here, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, Frank, I guess he just the Jets fan, of course. See, out of all the podcasts in this, you have to think about this. The one one, the Jets hire a head coach, finally. and he misses it. They finally do something. Yeah, mm-hmm. so eh, it's just funny to me, but uh. Yeah, yeah I mean, so talking about talking about the game picks. I mean, first first game of the weekend, we got Rams at Packers. Aaron Rodgers zero and four. That's career that's wild stat. Versus number one ranked pass defense. I mean, my pick is definitely going to be the Packers here. Ben, you disagree? Let's hear it. I I do disagree, and here's why: because not having David Bakhtiari, um, for them, I think it's a huge mismatch. Because especially with the way. Uh, guys like Leonard Floyd and the Rams defensive line have been able to get to the quarterback over these past couple games. Then obviously my, I think the second biggest mismatch in the trenches is on the Rams offensive side with Cam Akers versus that weak Packers run defense. You saw kind of the blueprint to be Green Bay is to run the heck out of the football and get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And I think the Los Angeles Rams are capable of doing both of those things. I'm not saying it's a short fire pick, but I think out of any team this weekend to pull an upset, I think the Rams are definitely the most likely pick to happen just because of what they can do, how they match up with this Packers team. But uh, yeah, we also have uh, John Wolford ruled out for this game. Jared Goff, starting quarterback. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. You know, I, I want Blake Bortles to start. I'm saying it right no, now. Stop I want it. Blake Bortles. Give me Blake Bortles. Jared Goff has a 30.3 passer rating in weather under 30 degrees. He's he's horrible. And what's Blake Bortles? Has he ever thrown a ball under 30 degrees? Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Guys, remember Pitt, okay. at Pittsburgh. Division around. The Jaguars put up a 50 bomb. 
a 50 bomb on the Steelers. And you know, we, we hate the Steelers, of course. I mean, we don't hate them. We don't hate any team, of course. I don't like their, I don't like some of their wide receivers personally, but Chase Claypool, we'll, we'll talk about that with the Browns game. But I mean, man, how about those comments? Those were just un, unreal, unprofessional. And actually, I want to talk about it right now, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. We do these jujus dance on these logos all, all year. The Bengals logo on Monday Night Football. He's like, Corvette, Corvette, the Bills logo. And now they want to play the victim card and act like they're the ones being disrespected. You've been disrespecting teams the whole year. Yeah. God, I, I, I can't. Claypool goes, after the game, Claypool goes, yeah, it was a bad loss. But they're going to they're gonna get crushed by the Chiefs anyway. Like, how can you You're say already home. Yeah, You're well, already home. You're sitting on your couch making TikToks for the whole day. What are you talking about, Chase? You're a rookie. Shut the hell up. And just, like... Go 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 play next week. Try to find. Yeah, a clue. I love this energy from. Oh my god! Like, like, how how can you say that? How can I, you? I agree you, with Dom. It's disgusting. When you lose like that, you shut up. You don't be like, oh, they're gonna get killed anyway. You would have got killed anyway if you won. Oh my god! They would have gotten. They would have gotten smashed. Got ripped. Probably. Even worse than the Browns probably will. I mean, I think. I mean, oh my! I can't. I can't with the Steelers receivers. I. Yeah, real Don't quick before we get to the Ravens and Bills game, I do want to say Frank is also picking the Packers. So Nick, Dom, and Frank are on the Packers. I'm solo dog on the Rams. And low-key, I have an opportunity this weekend to catch up in the standings. Frank is 5-1. and one, Dom is 4-2. and two, Me and Nick at 3-3. Three and three. So we're trying to get up there in the standings, kind of increase our <laughs> rank. Um, and who knows? Maybe this is the way to do it. Picking You guys have the Bucks too, which we'll kind of get into a little bit. I the Saints. This is my opportunity. I'm calling it right now. All right, um, let's kind of move on to the next top, or the next game, rather. Um, excuse that brain lapse, but the Ravens and the Bills. Oh, this one, Jackson versus Josh Allen. This is the 2018 quarterback, you know, battle. The two best quarterbacks in the 2018 draft class, both having the top two QBRs. Numbers one and two in QBR since week 13. That is Josh Allen and um, Lamar Jackson. But uh, it is snow in the forecast for Buffalo. And I want to talk about this because Lamar Jackson did say, earlier in the week that he hates playing in snow. He's never played in snow. He doesn't want to play in snow. So how does that affect the game? And who do you guys just got overall? We'll, we'll kind of kick things off with Nick. I got the Ravens. Well, yeah. Why does he not want to play in the snow? All they do is run the ball anyway. That benefits. See, that's, what, how, that's what I was thinking. But, I, you know, I think with Lamar Jackson, his quickness, you know, his kind of cuts, I, I obviously it's probably more difficult to do that. Yeah, I guess it's, it's easier to tackle in the snow. People. Do you think it's easier to tackle in the snow? I think it's easier to tackle in the snow because they're slower. I mean, yeah. So, that, yeah. Because the part of the Ravens and what, you know, it's so hard to play them is because it's so hard to tackle the guys in open space. J.K. Mm -hmm. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson, they're hard to tackle when they get in open space. And in the snow, obviously, it makes it that much more difficult um, yeah. to, you know, run fast, get quick cuts. And so on. Ooh, well, let's just uh, let's just keep going with this. What do you want to do? Yeah, let's just let's just pause it real quick. Let's just pause it real quick. I was I was I? All right, kind of moving on with the next game of the day with the Ravens and the Bills. All this one between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, two of the top quarterbacks in the league, the 2018 quarterback, um, you know, battle. I guess you could say the two best quarterbacks from that draft class. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson had the top two QBRs in the NFL dating back to week 13 of this season. So um, I'll, I'll kind of pass it along to you guys, fellas. I got the Ravens in this one just because I like how they match up, especially if it does snow. I don't, I don't think Buffalo really can run the football that effectively. So I'm going to pass it along to you guys. Who do you got? We'll start off with Nick. 
Yeah, I know Lamar Jackson doesn't want to play in the snow, but I don't really get why. I feel like it benefits them a lot. I know, right? That's kind of I funny. like I like the matchup anyway for Baltimore. They got a pretty they got the best run game in the league and Buffalo's run defense is not yeah, great. And especially no. with Buffalo, yeah, they can't really establish a run themselves and, and the Ravens just came off stopping Derrick Henry. So yeah, exactly. it, it is, I think if the Bills or the Ravens, excuse me, can just shut down Stephon Diggs. Um, and obviously that's a tough task, a tall task, but I think the snow should help, of course. But if they're they worried about do it, it's going to be the Ravens. Look at their corners. They got Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. They got Marcus Peters. They got Jimmy Smith. You know, well, like I don't think you, I don't think you could put Marlon Humphrey on Stephon Diggs one on one. We saw that last week with AJ Brown. I think you double team Diggs, put Marlon Humphrey on John Brown. They, yeah, they got the talent though. You got to have yeah. You got to switch up the but there's gonna make be Josh Allen beat you with that. It's gonna it's gonna be the Ravens. They just got a great defense. All eleven guys can play, and the matchup just really benefits them. So I got to go Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I agree with Nick and Ben. We, we all – no, you know, Frank's on Buffalo, but of course he's not even here to kind of debate his case. Yeah. He has the Bills. We're all on the Ravens. I, I mean, dude, it's just good for us. Either. You know, why? so, all right, we're talking to you. I'll talk right here. Why are you on the Buffalo Bills? You have a 5 and one record. You have the lead, and you're just going to, you know, I guess give us a free dub. You're, you're going to let us – I don't know. Chuck, he's going he's gonna, to uh, pull uh, Atlanta Falcons. He's going to pull a uh, – He's gonna pull something because he's about yeah. to choke this lead real hard. Yeah, Maybe he's trying to get a high draft pick for next year. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> see. Let's do not for real though. We can't. Like, we're disrespecting the Bills so hard. We right are. Now. I. I mean, there. I, I think if it snows, there, it's a horrible matchup, right? It is. I mean, it's it's hard to establish a passing game in the snow in the rain. I mean, yeah. Not. It's not an ideal matchup for the Bills. You would think the Bills' whole think, offense is throwing the ball. Singletary and, and Zach Moss aren't gonna really. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. You would think a team exactly. from Buffalo. Out anyway. Yeah. So, oh, I mean. yeah. But you know, you would think a team from Buffalo would run the football effectively. And that would kind of be their style. But like, they're the, the opposite. opposite. They play like a team in warm weather. They play like a California I think it's going to be their, I think it, I think it'll be their first snow game all year, too. So, I mean, will, yeah, because they haven't, it hasn't stood once in Buffalo, I think during a game at least. Yeah. It hasn't. I remember, anyone remember the last time it snowed in Buffalo or at least big time? Uh, it was like the Colts and the Bills, and Lashawn McCoy had like that overtime run you know, in the snow, two hundred yards or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that was Le'Veon Bell. Remember Le'Veon Bell had oh, two hundred yards. Bell. In the start I thought, yeah, okay. Yeah, Rex Ryan had nightmares about him. He said, "I remember uh, that here and that story." But man, I don't, I don't know how it really goes for Buffalo. I don't know how this really all plays out. I don't think Buffalo really wants snow ideally, but um, I guess we'll kind of see how it plays out um over there. All right, so I guess now we'll move into the Browns versus Chiefs game. This is obviously a big one because no one expected the Browns to be here. The Browns are 10-point underdogs. I did. Dom did. I, Dom I expected did. the Browns to be here. Yeah, that's fair. You did You did pick the Browns, but I, don't, I can't say You know, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still pissed off at myself for picking the, the Steelers last week. I, I will say. Anybody expected the Steelers to get on 28 nothing in the first 10 minutes of the game. That was just pretty unbelievable. Yeah, yeah Marquis Pouncey, like, what even happened? The first snap of the game, he chucks. You I mean, we talked about the last that out. You take out that one fluke play, and the Browns were still dominating. And they had they, three they first were the whole, Oh, I'm not taking anything away from the Browns. They, they, they were running the, the ball down their throats. Like, they were just dominant on all on every mm-hmm. level of the game. It was unbelievable. I think they, they have a chance to keep this game competitive with their dynamic running game. I just don't know if their defense can stop Kansas City at all, especially That's coming a, off a bye week. Andy well, they have Denzel Ward coming back, I think, right? Yeah. Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams, I believe, comes back too. For them. Like, just they're not. The they haven't been special all year. Even coming off a bye, they just don't. They don't lose, and they score so many points. And this is Kansas City we're talking about. Yeah. Too. 
Their starters also hasn't, haven't played since week 16. So, I mean, you got to. I, I personally don't like that they haven't played in three weeks now, but I think they'll still they'll still do well. See, I don't know why you double by though. You double by Like, why do you do the double bye week where you have, have you sit like week 17 the and the, like, the rush. I guess it'd be for, like, injury. Because, I mean, you never know with injuries in the NFL. So, I mean, I guess, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's Maybe a point like, to be made. There's No, there's a point to be made with that, but I, I just think when you don't even give your guys an opportunity, the offense is about rhythm, and it, it's about rhythm and, you know, staying, um, you know, you know, up to date, I guess. I don't, I'm using a horrible word for that, but I, I think you need reps. It's, it's repetition, 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 and I think that's kind of something that concerns me a bit. Yeah, Sammy I mean, Watkins, I, though, he feels confident, guys. Yeah, yeah anyone hear yeah. these quotes? From Sammy Watkins, yeah, he came yeah. out and said uh, that the, there's no the Browns are no competition. Odell actually comes out then in response to that, saying, "Don't be surprised when we win this weekend." So, a little bit of beef similar to what we saw in Pittsburgh last weekend with the Steelers, um, and the Browns. So anybody, no, or nobody's picking the Browns, right? No, none of us are picking the Browns. I mean, I they have a shot at least. I'm picking, I'm picking the Chiefs here, but in my in my heart, I'm rooting for the Browns. Like I mean, I'm a Bronco fan. I mean, I I don't. Well, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. As a business sense. decision, I'm picking the Chiefs to win just to improve my record. A but business decision, dude. <laughs> I'm dead. A the business Browns, decision. I want the Browns to win. I like the Browns. I mean, I have nothing against them. Oh, they oh, win 16, one and 15. How can you not like the Browns at this point? Why not? The Browns. I'm still picking the Chiefs. All right, we so also, Frank's on board with the Chiefs, too. Um, we also have another rivalry in that game, the Progressive versus State Farm rivalry with Baker and, and Mahomes. Yeah, that, that's that's interesting. Because, like, will we get the State Farm Super Bowl? Oh, I saw the funniest conspiracy theory about this game, and it was on TikTok, I believe, where, you know, last year they showed the two dogs. Like, the Niners and the Chiefs were petting the two dogs last year, mm-hmm. and I guess that spoiled the Super Bowl. It's like some wild conspiracy theorist about how they were petting the dogs in their Christmas photo. But this year, the NFL did not make a Christmas photo because of that. And I guess all these people believe it was because of that. Apparently, though, there is a new theory that it's supposed to be Baker Mayfield versus Aaron Rodgers, Progressive versus State Farm, Super Bowl again. Because Aaron Rodgers, State Farm, Progressive, Baker Mayfield. Um, I'm not... I'm not buying. I'm not buying into that one second. But you look hard enough anywhere. I mean, come on. That's come on. That's not how. You know what's the funniest though about these conspiracy theories too is because like people are joking around for the most part about them, and then like people will take like for example, I posted a Bill Belichick one, and people were taking me serious in the comment section on TikTok. Like I I said his polo Ralph Lauren flant. Like it was the dumbest comparison, but I I was believed. Like people believed that so. I guess people really believe anything nowadays people, is the point. Some people just love to find these coincidences. Yeah. I, I actually find some of them quite interesting. Yeah, interesting. No, they no, they're funny. For, they're funny for sure, and they kind of are interesting. But to say like to actually believe them is like a whole different thing, though. I think. Yeah, I mean, all right. So last game of the weekend, Bucks versus Saints, divisional divisional battle here. I can't believe you. Shame, shame on you guys for this. I'm getting free. I'm getting a free shame win. on you. No, 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 no. I'm getting a free win. I'm, I'm calling it. The Saints are winning. I called it. Let's see what happens here. But Donald, it, you said la- you said last week with the with the Titans beating a team three times in a row is tough. It, and, it is tough. I, I think there's no doubt. Of it. it is tough. Absolutely. But uh, Breeze versus Brady, round three. Drew Breeze two and zero against Brady this season. I mean, I have the I have the Bucks here, like what along with Nick and Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I'm not sold on the Saints offense. Like the Bucks, the Bucks defense, the Bucks defense is not the Bucks defense. So the Bucks defense, the Bucks defense has not been good, but I mean the Saints offense hasn't been great. The, the Bucks offense, oh my God, Tom Brady's throwing for 380 yards against okay, the but Washington the, defense on the road. Let's let's kind of touch on the offense first because I want to address Dom's first claim. I mean Taylor Heineke scored what 23, 25 points. And I think all the people, all the critics, at least for Drew Brees, saying that, you know, he can't throw the ball down the field. You know, his arm is an, it's a noodle arm. Um, similar to Phillip Rivers, like all these talks about that. I would just say this, you know, they can still run the offense perfectly fine. Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas, two guys who are kind of known for their route running abilities, getting open in short spaces and, you know, getting open, you know, within 10 yards of the field. So I think they can still run the offense perfectly fine. They don't need Drew Brees to chuck these 50-yard plays. They picked them apart in the first matchup in, in week nine. Obviously, history won't repeat itself, most likely. It will be a closer game. But I'm still taking the Saints just because of this defense, their pass rush in particular. And then offensively, I think they can do enough to get it done. Because you look at the – so I thought I saw a stat real quick about the pressure rate for the Bucks or for the Saints on the Bucks in the first two meetings. And – it was like 29%, and that would be like the highest in the NFL for a seat. That would be like the highest mark in the NFL um, if that you know they played obviously the whole season. But um, can can the Bucks protect Tom Brady? That's gonna be the biggest question to me. Yeah. And does any? I don't. I don't know. I don't think the, the Bucks can protect Tom Brady. They have a good offensive line, but obviously the Saints have had their way in this in this battle. Yeah, I mean, they, they humiliated them the first two times they played, but those were a long time ago. I think the Bucks are playing their best football of the season, and I think the Saints well, are so not playing want, their best. No, let's, 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 let's talk about this graph because the Bears, right? Everyone was talking about how the Bears are hot offensively all of a sudden. You want to know who they played? Wait, 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 wait. Let me pull up my phone. Let's see who they played real quick. Um, yeah, I oh, the Lions, the Detroit Lions. Um, <laughs> are they any good? The Atlanta Falcons twice. I mean, are, are these teams go? Are we like like the Minnesota Vikings? Are we last week? What's up? Washington last week. Washington. They didn't look that good in the second half, though. Like they did not look that good. They came out kind of sluggish. Four straight drives, I believe. Whether it was three and out, or like they didn't run four straight drives in the in the second half. So they came out sluggish in the second half. They showed you know vulnerabilities over there. So I don't think this Bucks offense has had it figured out yet. I, I still don't believe that yet is the case. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I, I just think they have too many weapons, and they've been scoring a lot of points. And the, it's going to be – It's more that I just don't trust the Saints, to be honest with you. It's, I think it's definitely going to be it's, – it's going to be – it's going to be a very close game. But I, I can't I can't bet against Tom Brady. I, I, I really can't. I mean – But how about that? So, according to your guys' predictions, it would be Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady? That would be fun. I, I, I would – I mean – Sign me up for that. That would be fun. see. I, I would but, definitely. So, you know, the NFC Championship are exciting matchups because it could be the 2018 rematch if, if my predictions come true and the Saints and Rams both win. So there's a lot of, like, a good scenarios, at least cool scenarios that could play out. Of course, in the AFC, Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes could play out too. So a lot of, like, could, uh, cool scenarios could play out um, in, in this NFC um, and AFC playoffs, of course. But that, that's going to be it for the Sneaky Sports Podcast Season 3. Episode number five. Thank you so much for tuning into this dumb show. We really do appreciate it. Uh, and without further ado, um, I don't know what I'm saying. Let, let's just end it off right here. We'll see you guys on Monday with a recap of the divisional game weekends. We'll be active on social media, on Twitter, on TikTok, on Instagram. Make sure you follow those down below. And uh, peace, guys. We'll see you later. Yeah.